Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And it's also happy Veterans Day to everybody in here, everybody who served. I wanted to make sure to say that right off the gate. We'll make sure to give you guys another shout out uh, before we get on out of here, because we know it takes a second for, you know, the stream to breathe a little bit. But wanted to start off happy Veterans Day to everybody out there who served, no matter how you served or where you served or what branch. We appreciate you and welcome in. Scott, good morning. Happy Veterans Day to you. Yeah, good morning. I've been fortunate enough to not have to serve. Uh, Both of my granddads were in World War II. And they were uh, on one one on each side in the in the on the on the Pacific side, and then one on the beaches, not on Normandy, but not far from there. Yeah, uh, going in, and you know they made it so that none of their children had to go to war, and none of their children's children had to go to war. So thank you very much to all of you that have uh, helped us provide for all the things that we now complain about. Thank you. <laughs> Football Sunday. <laughs> all these things that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things that everybody complains about. They don't know what tough is. So no. thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Got a little bit of that in my family as well. My great grandfather was a POW for a while in uh, World War One, captured by the uh, the Germans. He was a messenger. He actually lied about his age. He joined the military at sixteen. Um, my, so my my granddad did the same thing. He memorized yeah. the eye chart and because he couldn't he couldn't pass it, so he memorized it and went in. He's like uh, RLNOP. RLNOP, you're good. And he was oh, 16 God. also. Yep, not great. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, <laughs> bless him for doing that. But uh, the other one is my my grandpa. My grandpa was a doctor in a mass unit in Korea. So uh, thank everybody for the veterans out there. And Andrew comes in and says it very well. Good morning. Thank you to all the veterans out there. Words cannot express my gratitude. I'm going to co-op that. Our gratitude. Uh, thank you for the words there, Andrew. And uh, mm-hmm. shout out to you guys. Um, this is obviously Broncos for breakfast. Good morning, everybody. It is. 6.32 where I'm at. That means it's 7.32 where most of you are at. And it's 9.32 Eastern time uh, for Scott there drinking his probably his third cup of coffee today because he's been working since this morning. Um, you guys can follow us on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook today, make sure you're joining us if you're not already at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. Also join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Anything we say in here that piques your interest or you disagree with, or you really agree with add us. I, I'm on, I'm active on Facebook, more active on Twitter, uh, but you guys can follow us on there. We can continue that conversation because I will use any excuse I can to talk more football. Um, also YouTube people, make sure you subscribe, like, and share, hit that, smash that like button. You, you know, what do you mean by YouTube people? Yeah, you know the the, mm. the older people. You have down the conspiracy let's, theory. Uh, let's let's <laughs> let's let's walk the line there, Nick. Come yeah, on. you got to be careful. That no, whenever YouTube... I hear you people, I can't. I just I immediately go to Tropic Thunder and Robert uh, Downey yep. Jr. What do you mean, <laughs> you people? What do you mean, you people? <laughs> That's that movie's hilarious. Anyway, get... sorry to interrupt. No, Coffee's okay. kicking I can never in. Get Tom Cruise dan- dancing as it a made fat Tom man. Cruise. Tom Cruise was gone. Yeah. with his. 
craziness. That that brought Tom Cruise back. That role brought him back into the mainstream. It was great. Anyway. 100%. 100%. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. 100%. Um, yeah, subscribe, like, and share. Hit the bell notifications. That way you know when we go live. Uh, Scott and I are live on here every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday at 7.30 Mountain Time. Uh, we have a show every single night at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. No, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, um, depending on if some people are on time or not. But, you know, you never know. Um, either way, we got a show every night, so make sure you're joining us on YouTube. Uh, also, make sure you're following us at YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Scott's been working on that channel. I know we got the draft coming up here. I know he's going to be excited about all the offensive tackles that are going to be in this class. So we'll get some good videos up, I'm sure, at some point. And Scott and I have been talking a lot of Falcons. And, and oh, it's uh, nice. gotta... there's good crossover here because uh, the Falcons played the Philadelphia Eagles in week one. Uh, they play the Dallas Cowboys this week. Denver plays the Eagles. It's there. There's a lot of crossover there with the uh, with the NFC East. And uh, Ethan coming in. We'll never forget your service coming in with a symbolic. 11 11 tribute and ethan i don't know if you do evenings you are still number one on top of the uh the youtube list so um start hopefully start start thinking about what jersey you might want to get because it's dealer's choice uh you get to uh you get to pick which jersey you want i'd go throwback for sure i might get an old mecklenburg or something like that Mm -hmm. or an atwater if it was gorgeous me. oh at water for sure I, and i know i've you guys joined me here a few times but i've been covering the broncos for a bit and i always would go to the combine and uh, i would seek out at water a he's easy to see he is an absolute unit still like chiseled from marble uh um just incredible and also the nicest guy i mean he talked to me an hour multiple times i've been to the combine to cover it so at water heart of gold great player bronco hall of famer um uh, peter middleton coming in here saying we sure have some injuries at tackle hope they're be good enough to, to win. Uh, so hopefully the Broncos backups at tackle are good enough to win. Um, I guess that can help us get right into this here and we can come back to the chat here and I'll let Scott come over the chat and make sure that we're not missing anybody or anybody wants to highlight. But yeah, Gary leads Palmer. Thank you. Happy Veterans Day all, as Gary says. Um, the Broncos have nine injuries, nine players that did not practice yesterday because of injuries and including six starters. So uh, let's get to it. Uh, Patrick Sertan has the knee injury. Garrett Bowles and Bobby Massey have ankle injuries. Tim Patrick has a knee injury. Uh, Malik Reed has the hip. Shelby Harris has an illness, which is not related to what's going on in the world, a different illness. Uh, Albert Okwebenam is also hurt with a uh, knee or held out with a knee injury. Caden Stearns with the shoulder and uh, McTelvin Najim. They don't say what McTelvin Najim has with an injury, but uh, he's been inactive a lot of games this year so hopefully you won't miss him too much 
Um, the Eagles are also pretty dinged up. Uh, Darius Slay is dinged up. Uh, Josh Sweat, uh, one of their, probably their best pass rusher. I think he's like number six this year in pass rush win rate. So he's actually a really good uh, pass rusher there, uh, Florida State player. And uh, the other one is Fletcher Cox comes to mind as well. So they're dealing with some injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So it should be a pretty good game. I think this Eagles team is much better than their three and six record. And uh, I think they're closer. They, I, I'd almost put them in the same tier as the Broncos. Maybe the Broncos are a little bit better because they have better personnel uh, defensively. But uh, this is this is a this is a better Eagles team than I think three and six looks on the surface. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Javon Hargrave is another one of those. Lane Johnson's been dinged up too. So mm -hmm. yep. that front four. I mean, in my opinion, when healthy, this will be the best trench team that you will have faced so far with the Denver Broncos. I think they're really good on the offensive line. They're really good on the defensive line, but they don't have the depth that mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos do. And we want to talk about the the tackles that are banged up. It couldn't, you, you never want injuries, but it really couldn't have come in a better fashion for the Denver Broncos, knowing that you could get those guys some live reps. It didn't happen in practice. These guys aren't getting their first snaps together in, in, in a game on on Sunday. They played most of the second half together against the Dallas Cowboys and played very, very well. So there will be some cohesion. There will be some confidence going in, and there won't be that steep learning curve of getting thrown to the wolves against what is a very, <clears throat> very good, when healthy, Philadelphia defensive front. Yeah, they are very good, especially against the pass. However, um, watching them recently, I was not impressed at all with their, their run defense in that defensive front as well. Hargrave has been... Like you said, incredible uh, against well, the that, That's the thing is I go, you know, whenever I watch Hargrave, he's like the best player on the field. It's just yeah. about three times so far this year. And I go and I look at his grade. I'm like, you know, on, I go to pro football focus and he's mid-tier at best. I'm like, mm -hmm. maybe it's just one of those guys that flashes when you happen to watch him, which puts an impression on you. You talk good about him, but he's really not all that good. <clears throat> we all have players like that yeah. where the national media or – other teams, fans are like, oh, man, that man's a beast. And you're like, you don't watch him 16 games, man. You can have him. Um, yeah. So I don't know if he's like that, but I do know when he flashes, he flashes in a big way and can be very dangerous on his day, as they like to say over in the UK. On his day, he's a player. Yeah, and looking at his pro football focus grade, uh, they really talk about a dichotomy of skill set and what he does well. He is there. Uh, third lowest graded run defender, um, along with Hassan Ridgeway is right down there with him with a 33.2 run defense grade. However, his pass rush grade elite 88.3. I mean, bumping his head, head there with uh, some of the best in the entire game as far as pass rush grade. So really a uh, somebody who with the Broncos, the way they want to play football, maybe you can neutralize him a bit, uh, get some body blows on him with that defensive line. Maybe Quinn Miners can ride him down a little bit and uh, you can lean into Javonta Williams. I saw that Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave have not missed a tackle yet this season. That's more of a linebacker stat, but still um, it could be interesting there. And really the Broncos with the three new starters on the offensive line or three backups playing on the offensive line. This is a game where how do you protect your quarterback? How do you protect your offensive line? You do what you did last week. You get each of these running backs, at least 15 carries. You run the ball efficiently. Um, so that way you're not behind the sticks and force you to pass and go right at them. And I mean, it's, I really think it is that simple. If the Broncos can run the ball effectively in this game, they should win the game. I mean, it's, that's that's the formula. Good morning, Travis. Appreciate the stars. Appreciate you being here. Um, uh, says, uh, good morning, Scott, Nick Scott. Broncos country, a big thank you in my last lead to all our men and women who serve, who is serving and will be serving our country. Happy Veterans Day. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, continue to run the ball versus the Eagles. Yeah, this – and you could just copy and paste that and just change the mascot every week because yeah. that's who the Denver Broncos should be. Continue mm-hmm. to run the ball versus whoever, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. I don't care. Run the ball. Yeah. Uh, you all have heard me say several times, and Nick has heard me say it a bunch now because we're on this all the time together, <laughs> that, you know, I was lamenting the the, the use of – it's not that Javante Williams – you know, it was uh, why isn't he getting more carries than Melvin Gordon? I was like, why aren't they getting more carries? Period. When they're getting ten each, I don't need two running backs. Uh, when they're getting forty touches each, now I'm pretty happy. Now I'm real happy with this. And I've heard other coaches talk about uh, the second half of the season is almost like a college season. So with a seventeen-game season, you play three or four and kind of bed in your rookies a little slower. And then you've got an 11 or 12 game season to go. That's a college season. So now this is what these guys, these rookies are used to. Their bodies are used to uh, the wear and tear on them. That's what they're used to. Now it's almost like a preseason for them. Now is it time that we can turn loose a rookie like Javante Williams? And I think we saw the start of that last week where he got 17 carries. If he gets 20 touches a game here on out, Broncos country is going to be pretty happy with how Javante Williams is used. Yeah, and we talked about this on Tuesday morning as well. Javante Williams is incredible in his good plays, but so boomer bust right now that it's really hard for this Broncos offense to overcome when uh, he has one of his run stuffs or tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Now, of course, you've heard me say it on here. Yeah, the, the run game is as predicated on the blockers more so than the running back. Uh, so I put the, put most of that blame on the offensive line, but Javante Williams gets some. Uh, get some issues for that as well. So he's got to become more consistent there, but once he does, man, he is so explosive. Um, he's, he really is a tone setter. I know some people roll their eyes at that. Some analytics people roll their eyes at tone setting, but he is, I mean, he brings an energy um, and he is, I love that what you said in the past about a boxer with the body blows that can be what Javante Williams could be for your offense. And against this team, um, you know, that Josh Sweat is hurt. Ryan Kerrigan used to be a great player, but he's kind of on the, he's definitely on the downward trend. Fletcher Cox isn't what he used to be. Javon Hargrave, both of them better against the pass than the run. And this Eagles linebacking core, you think Javonta Williams was making the Cowboys linebackers with two top 20 picks looking a little foolish out there. Not foolish, but, you know, you know dragging them down, looking good. Yeah, this looking, Eagles looking like they were outmatched. Yeah, exactly. Talk about outmatched, though. This Eagles linebacking core, absolutely terrible absolutely <laughs> dreadful um Gennard Avery uh not great TJ Edwards Alex Singleton I mean they're on paper I mean you're talking about the Broncos playing two guys that weren't even getting the snaps on this team you know four weeks ago and there I would take Kenny Young and Baron Browning two times over what these linebackers are putting out on the field right now at the uh the linebacker position so uh if the Broncos can even you know dictate them get them in a, in the box i think even if you have don't have a if even if you have an overloaded box you should still run the ball because i have that little respect for this eagles linebacking core well and what's nice is if you can uh, some of those biggest runs come on third and short fourth and inches types if you get an yeah. overloaded box if you can break containment then you've got something and you, nick you've heard me say a bunch uh you know take this out of context and i'm going to sound like a moron but you know speed can be overrated Mm -hmm. Uh, If you can get a guy that can break through that first line of attack and break a tackle, a four, six guy is going to get 60 yards before people can change directions and catch him. That's just the way it is. You get burned on a screen pass. You get Micah Parsons, who's running the four threes 
If he bites on a screen, by the time he turns around to try and catch the running back that just deked him, he's gone. It's too late. Doesn't matter if that's a 4-3 or 4-6. That's a 40-yard play. So Javante Williams' ability to break a tackle, and if you're going to stack the, the box, okay, you know what else that means if I'm stacking the box? It means I got Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Jerry Judy in single coverage. Okay. Okay. I like that. Uh, you know, can, can Teddy Bridgewater, you know, throw the deep ball? Anybody, any any quarterback in the NFL can do a three-step drop and chuck the ball 50 yards in the air to get behind the guy. And just and against single coverage, just put it up and see if your guy can make a play. Even if it's incomplete, you put that in their mind. So stacking the box uh, to stop the run with all of the weapons coming back, with Jerry Judy back out there, uh, Oka Webinam is, is stepping up a little bit. Um, used Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in the passing game. Stacking the box shouldn't be a, an effective way to stop this team. No, it shouldn't. And again, it's protecting your offensive line, letting them get a, an, a, I guess, a feel for the game and really also letting them work on some chemistry, right? That, that's something this team, while they had reps last week, Cameron Fleming and Quinn Miners haven't had many live bullets together on the right mm-hmm. side. Uh, Cam Anderson and Dalton Reisner haven't had many chances to work together on the left side and going at it uh, in the ground game, really just talking with offensive line coaches, it's so unnatural for a 300 plus pound person to be moving backwards balanced against somebody who quite frankly is a typically far superior athlete on the other side of the ball. Mm -hmm. So letting those offensive linemen go forward, dictate, be the aggressor out of their stance, explode forward. um, That helps them. And then you get those, if you can really start getting a push, the, the linebackers start coming down, the safety start biting, and that's when you can hit them over the top. So I want them to punch them in the mouth early. The only, the only caveat I will say, one of my favorite things, and if you can hit it, it's beautiful, um, that the Eagles know you're going to want to run the ball. If you can hit them on a play action on that first play and get a chunk yard on that very first play of the game, oh, man, then then Mile High is roaring and excited to go. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if you're able to get a guy on play action on the first play, um, but maybe the first play of another drive. Yeah. You know, after Especially a turnover, something like yeah. that. Um, but, uh, again, if you see eight in the box, yeah, I'll throw one up and give Sutton or Patrick a chance on the outside. Low mm-hmm. risk, high reward type of play. Uh, For sure. Ethan coming in again. uh, Another symbolic 33, the number 33 with Glasgow out. The belly starting should indicate more focus on the running game, especially with uh, with Javante Williams. So everybody in here should know who these people are. But in case you're watching, because we actually get a a lot of on-demand watches after the fact on Broncos Mm -hmm. for Breakfast. The belly, obviously, is Quinn Miners. Third-round draft pick. uh, Very powerful run-blocking want to go forward offensive guard who looks like he's going to be starting. I don't know if that's been announced, but looks like he's going to be starting at right guard. Uh, and then Pookie, number 33, Javante Williams, the, the second round pick who the Broncos traded up to take out of the University of North Carolina. Uh, and how about that? The, the Tar Heels last year with that offense, because, you know, Michael Carter, I think he's with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, so, you know, they had they got two NFL backs. Uh, and they also had an NFL wide receiver, Dwayne Brown. Year. So. Uh, a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of talent in Chapel Hill last year. Yeah. And I just, I, this is not going to be the best video quality, but I really do want to show this one here real quick because this is, this is absolutely beautiful. I know a lot of people talk about the angry runs and uh, you know, how beautiful it is with the, uh, um, somebody like, let me see, is it full screen? Not the best quality, but uh, for, for me, it's the offensive line. Quinn Miners here, right guard. Hopefully you can see my cursor where I'm highlighting him here. Um, this is the big Javante Williams run, but look at how many uh, Cowboys Quinn Miners touches here. Pulls. There's one. one. There's two. Two. 
There's three. Still hanging on the number two. There's four. There's five. Oh, and Javante Curse is dead. Yep. <laughs> He's looking him on the ground. I, I know. A tone setter. I hate I hate it so much to say that. But Quinn Miners, I mean, what a bad man. And those are things that eventually wear you down and uh, makes it easier. And then in the fourth quarter, the gaps are going to be bigger. Um, and we that have not like had a, like that. a King Kong Bundy splash. Yeah. Yep. You know, Bundy was even bigger than that. But, you know, um, I don't know if you know who King Kong Bundy is. I know several people in this chat know who King Kong Bundy is. But that looked like a Bundy splash running down there. Oh, that was that was you laugh. It's not funny, but it, it's it is. It's funny. It's not no. funny for the guy that's getting splashed out there. But um, you've heard me say a zillion times about the lack of the tight end and the fullback and my dismay that it disappeared. The fullback position has disappeared. The tight end has come back. Seeing big, powerful athletes get loose in the secondary is fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. And it yeah. gets everybody going again. You watch, you know, 230 pounds of Javante Williams dragging guys and 330 pounds of minors coming down and splashing guys or big tight ends as they're just dragging guys down the field or running over them. It fires everybody up. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that you cannot account for in a box score. Nope. You know, we talk about tone setting. It's, it's, it's the stuff that absolutely will not and does not show up in a box score. But by God, when it happens, you know. Yep. And uh, that's... That's the formula, you know, dating way back to week one. Shermer, you need to be almost stubborn about the run game and stick with it. And that's been, it was hard for the Broncos to do that somewhat. And maybe I'm a Shermer apologist somewhat because he tends to, I feel like he tends to get more out of his quarterbacks than what the quarterback's career baseline is. I mean, he did that with Case Keenum. He's done that with a number of quarterbacks, did that with Daniel Jones. And now he's doing it with Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater is on his way to having the best statistical year of his career um, with Shermer in this offense. I don't think he's the best sequencer of plays but i don't think the scheme itself is bad uh and something i want him to do though is stick with the right ground game and that means the broncos hopefully they come out hot right like that's what we saw against dallas and if the broncos can come out with a lead everything works but this is not a team that's built to play from behind given their style of defense you know they're very much a uh, they're a closed fist and they want the defense to run it or the opposing offense to run into them right they're not bringing it to you they say okay come at us and you're gonna make a mistake eventually um I hear that close fist analogy for the Hawkeyes. They run the same kind of uh, match quarters defense. Um, and then also the the def- or the offense is not really fast-paced, explosive, you know, putting it all on the quarterback drop back. It wants to be a team that slows the game down, physicality, playing a phone booth, and bludgeoning you to death. And we saw that against the Cowboys. Man, that high-flying, pretty boy Dallas Cowboys team got bludgeoned to death. You know, they're still a little bit bloody from that one. So hopefully you'll see that, and hopefully the Broncos can come out quickly and not give up an opening drive touchdown. Cause I feel like in each of those four games, the Broncos were down already by seven plus points in that first quarter uh, in the games they lost this year. It's just, you can't do it. Well, and Jeremy says, I love it when the guy's name describes the guy perfectly. Who's tougher than a guy named Miners? Uh, and which kicker do you want less than a guy named blew it? Um, uh, <laughs> you know, we could, we could come up with a lot of these. My, I think my favorite, there was a, uh, Thane Gash was a safety for the Cleveland Browns. I think that that might have been my all-time back in the 80s. That, that might have been my like scariest name. But you know, Michael Stonebreaker, you know, defensive tackle for uh nose guard for, for Notre Dame way back when. There's there there's lots of those guys that are just just uh you know just a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, USC's Dick quarterback Butkus. Dick Butkus Who wants to get hit by a guy named Dick Butkus. Not me. Uh, personally, not me. Um, yeah, the USC has a quarterback, freshman quarterback named uh, Jackson Dart. 
which is a great name for a quarterback. <laughs> nice. you know, we'll, we'll be talking about him in the draft in a few years. He looks pretty good. Um, we got Ernie in the house. Good to see you, Ernie. Hello, Broncos for breakfast. or Hello, breakfast people. That's us. Hey, breakfast people. Go Broncos. Hopefully everyone's enjoying their coffee. Um, hopefully everybody in here is having a great time. I love this. Uh, There's a stat in here about how good te- – uh, Gosh, where is it? So how good um, Justin Herbert was last week against the uh, Eagles. He had an amazing game. Justin Herbert's been a little bit up and down. But, man, this Eagles defense, I have very little respect for their defensive coordinator, Gannon. Um, I don't think he's calling a very good defense. Now, granted, they're missing a lot of talent in that back seven. Um, This is a team, the Eagles, they should be very blessed to have, what is it, 10 picks that are right now in the top, or three picks in the top 10 of this upcoming draft. They need it. Uh, But. Broncos should be able to have one of their better offensive games. And if they're not doing well offensively in this game, something went wrong. Cause I just, it means that you either got killed up front by the uh, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, or you are mis-executing bad penalties, drops and bad decisions. A lot of the, uh, the plays I saw early in the first half that, that Herbert was having success with are throws that, that flat out Teddy can't make. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, the, the 20 yard deep out from an opposite hash, on a line uh, that was, you know, 12 to 15. He he went both sides of that play in the first quarter on their touchdown drive. And um, I'm like, "Mm, that's nice, but that's not something you can count on from, from Teddy Bridgewater. So again, you're going to have to be able to run the ball uh, in order because, you know, there aren't, to be fair, I mean, that's the play. Can you at least make a 15 yard out? Can you throw it consistently? That's an Mm -hmm. NFL throw. Some guys throw it better than others, and some can run that 20, 25 yards on a deep out. And, and Herbert's one of those guys. Uh, it changes everything for your for your uh, for your offense when you can when you can drive a guy back like that an extra three or four steps than normal. And as soon as that cornerback flips his hips, it's an easy fifteen yards. Yeah. Um, I say easy, but not not all the quarterbacks can make that throw. That's not a throw Teddy makes. Uh, that's not a knock on him. That's just not who he is. There's maybe only like 10 quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw consistently. Yeah. And uh, with that kind of velocity, for sure. Yeah. Now, now, Teddy, Teddy would have to be, be you know, an anticipatory throw mm-hmm. where, you know, he's got the ball, like, like Peyton used to, you know, the yep. ball's in the air before he makes his cut. And you're hoping the, the, the defensive back isn't cheating, you know, with yep. his eyes in the backfield and he's got his eyes on the receiver. If he's yep. cheating, you're in trouble on that throw. Yeah, and a fun stat uh, so far this season that, you know, it's, stats don't mean that much with this small of a data data size, but it's still fun to say Broncos are undefeated with uh, Jerry Judy playing this season. And I think, you know, we talked about it when this Broncos team was struggling. You need guys who can win on grass for the scheme to work and for Teddy Bridgewater to work because he's not that general accuracy throw it up guy so much. He can be, but it's more of a calculated vertical shot. Um, and with Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, they're great, but they're not really those guys who can get open instantly from the slot, win the middle of the field game, win the, uh, the horizontal game like Jerry Judy. And when you run a, as much 11 personnel as the Broncos, you have to have that guy to keep the offense moving and to make the defense account for somebody like that in the quick game. And with Jerry Judy, even though he's what 85%, you'd say maybe 80%, um, he's having a hard time cutting off that. When I watch the all 22, not a lot of in breaking routes from that left leg um, where, where he hurt it. I think it's left leg. Yeah. Um, or his left ankle. Um, those That's are one leg. I'll give you that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But um, he's, he changes the, the offense. Uh, exactly. It's what Shermer wants. He wants separators. Jerry Judy's the only real one that you have right now in that quick game. So, uh, with that, with the 11 personnel, it should be great. It should be better. And uh, I'm excited to see what Teddy can do from an efficiency standpoint in this game. But you're right. I mean, we look at the stats. Teddy Bridgewater is like top 10, top 15 in a lot of metrics this year. That's great. He's playing good ball. 
I wouldn't put him as a top 10 quarterback. Um, it's a lot of the he's maximizing the talent around him, which is great. It's all you can ask for from him. Um, and that should be good enough with a good defense and the run game the Broncos have. What's the uh, and, and Ben's in here throwing some some numbers on on some guys right here asking some questions. Ben says, you know, what would Teddy be worth if he finishes the way he's gone, which is going to be a, a solid 12 to 15 season? Um, the key to this, Ben, and, and you mentioned Tannehill, is what what was the phrase we heard them both say this week? Don't 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 fall for the cheese. You know, don't yep. get stuck in the trap. Yep. Um, Arthur Smith in that scheme made Tannehill, not the other way around. Um, not the other way around. So don't overpay a guy. Don't overpay a scheme quarterback. Don't overpay a guy that benefits from your scheme. Um, Broncos fans know that as well as anyone with running backs mm-hmm. coming out. They didn't overpay those guys. You know, Terrell Davis was amazing. You know, we'll go get a former Marine. Happy Veterans Day. I don't I, I don't remember his name, but it was Mike something. Who was the, the guy that came in after Terrell Davis ran for 1,800 yards? Mike Anderson? Maybe, uh, but I just remember he was a former Marine came in, you know, you're churning through these guys. Tannehill is not a top five to 10 quarterback. There was no reason to pay him like one. And now he's going to hurt your team. Even if Teddy Bridgewater finishes as a top 10 quarterback this year, statistically, he's not a top 10 quarterback in reality. No. Uh, so don't, don't, don't pay him like one. Don't hurt your team like that. Don't, don't mm-hmm. financially strap yourself like that. And, and, and y'all know I'm, I'm a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I am. Uh, I'm also a fan of knowing your own limitations. Don't overpay the quarterback position because then it's going to cost you in other places and now your team's not as good. You mention uh, Andy Dalton all the time, which is a a very good example of that, Nick. Yeah, and that's one reason that this Broncos team is able to do what they're doing right now. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, that's one reason his stats are as good as they are right now. You know, I think he's like when you don't account for garbage time, I think he's a number three or four quarterback in the NFL in EP actually I think he's number two in EPA per play slash CPOE composite which is uh man um pretty outstanding is probably but he's not he's not the same caliber quarterback as the other guys that are around him um he's not able to you, you're not putting the game on his back you're down 14 and we're going to completely go to a drop back passing game and throw it 45 times and you're going to win that's just not him uh, that's not who he's going to be and you shouldn't pay him as such so uh but still, he's the right quarterback for this Broncos team right now. Uh, he's maximizing what they can do on offense right now. And, uh, I mean, if you can get him for, let's say, $15 million a year for three years, I'm I'm interested. That's You think that's high, but that's not like the quarterbacks are getting crazy money. I mean, Cortland Sutton, they're saying, is going to get $18 million a year. Like, imagine your quarterback getting less than your wide receiver at the same time they hit the market. Um, so I could see him getting, you know, maybe even $20 million a year. At that point, I'm a little bit scared. Um, but a little bit, no, you, you don't, you don't do that. You yeah. know, unless you think, unless you make a run and you're close and Teddy, if, if right now, based on the, the body of work that we've seen through um, eight, nine games, mm-hmm. no, 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 don't strap. Don't, don't, don't strap yourself to Teddy Bridgewater. Go back to what we said at the very beginning, the very beginning yeah. when Teddy Bridgewater was signed uh, and help. Good morning, Michael. Appreciate you being here uh, before, yeah. before that scrolls out of you. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is a stopgap until you get your quarterback of the future. That's that's who Teddy is. We knew that going in. As good as he's playing now, he's not that far off from a four game losing streak either. You know, let's let's remember. I I don't want to get I don't like I said. I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan, but I don't want people getting too high on Teddy. I don't want people getting yeah. too low on Teddy. 
Teddy's right in the middle. That's what you got. You know that. Now what can you build around him and what decisions do you need to make? Yeah. So, and I, you know, if you go, if it's if it's not a big signing bonus and a big cap hit, and you go, you know, three years, 40, and in the third year you can cut him and it costs you five. Okay. That that's yeah. one thing. But it shouldn't stop you from going and trying to get your quarterback in the draft this year or trying to go get a guy this year. That, that's all I'm saying is don't, don't make it so that you are st- stuck with Bridgewater for two or three years. You, you don't want that. No, I, I agree with you completely. I think I would be willing to overpay him from an average per year state uh, vantage point to give yourself flexibility to get out um, mm-hmm. after one or two seasons and CC. Right. I mean, I think Go you're going to want him for you, you might want him for one year for sure. You might even want him for maybe two yeah. as you go get a guy like Malik Willis in the draft who yep. could fall into the teens and needs a year. And what better mentor could you possibly have than Teddy Bridgewater to bring along a, a young quarterback like that would be awesome. It'd be like getting a second coach. That's where mm-hmm. part of your money's going. Yep. Teddy, this is we love you. Go win some games, but you know, this guy's the future and you know that. That's the league. It's the business. Yeah, and we have CC. I mean, the nail on the head here. I I agree. Fitzpatrick getting ten million, Dalton ten point five, Foles eight million. That was also um, in a season where a lot of teams were cap strapped because the cap actually reduced. So I think with the bump this season, these numbers would be even higher. All these quarterbacks got paid in a year where the cap reduced for the first time in like twenty years. Um, so Teddy set up for fifteen to twenty million bucks um, per season. I don't think it's that debatable. I agree with CC here. Um, it's very scary uh, to think about paying him long term. I would not do that, but if you can give yourself, you know, uh, him a two-year, thirty-five million dollar contract, where that second year is, you know, you only eat three million dead cap or something. Oh, well, that's then that's a one-year deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what you, most deals when they when you look at them, they really are one. Less Remember who you're years. talking to here. I look at Falcons contracts, yeah. and everybody carries huge. Everybody gets huge. Uh, carries huge dead caps. Yeah, it's like oh, no. we're only paying him twenty. What's his dead cap number? Eighty. Jesus. <laughs> Poison pills, baby, all the time in those contracts. Um, we got Robert Katzel coming in. What's up, Broncos Maniacs? Uh, it'll be interesting, though. And that's another – you make a great point about um, Teddy Bridgewater being a, a bridge to a new quarterback. And I think that's especially true um, for this upcoming quarterback class. There's only one quarterback in this class that I feel – good about getting reps year one. And last year we had quarterbacks who had a lot of starts and a lot more physical gifts and they've been struggling so far this season for the most part, this next upcoming quarterback class, not nearly as physically gifted. So they're going to have to rely more on the, uh, their mental ability, which is slower to develop than the physical gifts, which are there day one. Um, the only one I think that could play day one and I'd feel okay about is Kenny Pickett, but like, he's going to be 24 years old. He's got hands that are barely over eight inches. Um, he has like 50, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if a ball is bigger than a college hands. ball, he does. My, my 12-year-old's got hands bigger than that. His hands are as yeah. big as mine, and I can palm a basketball. Yeah, it's – I know a lot of people roll their eyes, but the NFL ball is bigger than the college ball. You're going to be playing more late games in the season where the weather is going to be a factor and the ball is going to be harder when it gets cold. It's – I know at least he plays in Pittsburgh where they have to deal with bad weather on the mm-hmm. ACC side, but it's uh, it's definitely a concern. It's going to knock him. He's also extremely – I think he's a six-year senior. Um, because of what happened with players getting an extra year of eligibility and he's had a lot of starts and he wasn't even good until this year. So I'm not the biggest Kenny Pickett guy. Some of his tape this year is phenomenal. Um, if you can take a shot, you know, in the top 50, I don't know. Yeah, you go round. second, third yeah. round. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. for sure. And, and, and Keith, uh, Keith comes in here and says Bridgewater himself doubled down on keeping focus and grinding this out. The thing we said at the beginning, uh, Teddy Bridgewater is an easy 
easy guy to root for. He's an mm -hmm. easy person to root for. He's an amazing professional, uh, a hell of a leader. You're going to get everything he's got. That might not mm -hmm. be good enough, and you may want somebody else. But don't take that on Teddy. Teddy is an amazing pro. Just uh, 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 so don't let any of the thing. I'm just trying to be realistic here. Yeah, totally. In no, saying you know that of, of who he is, where the Broncos want to be, where he is, uh, health, age, ability. That a lot of the things you're able to do as Denver Broncos right now are because, and the things you want to do are because you're not paying a quarterback. Yep. 100%. You put a twenty million dollar quarterback on the salary cap, and all of a sudden your flexibility goes away. Um, is Teddy that guy? Maybe he is. Mm. I think that's uh, I got this from Daniel Jeremiah, who works for NFL Network and uh, spoken with him a few times too, uh, covering different things. I actually went down to Drew Locke's pro day at Missouri and talked to him down there. Um, but uh, the one that sticks out to me is the truck versus the trailer debate where the truck pulls everybody along. He is the engine and the trailer is uh, being pulled along by the truck, but can navigate it. And Teddy, he's he's a guy who when you have weapons around him, a good offensive line, a good run game, he can be a maestro. He can be Rajon Rondo, you know, facilitating an offense but he is not the offense himself and you should not pay him as such because once he gets that big cap it to your point those things around him uh start to go away and uh, he has to shoulder more of that load and that's that's when things get a little scary for me i just don't know if he is that guy um but yeah it's it's enjoy it right now i guess you know he's playing a great quarterback and uh the broncos are in a position they haven't been in a while i mean they're a top 13 offense be it by dvoa um, and when you look at advanced statistics, they're actually a considered a good passing team, which is the first time since 2014 that's been the case in Denver. So uh, I think we need to enjoy it while we can. No, uh, but it seems like people forget based on emotions and, and recency bias. People forget, you know, what did we say what we were going to get from Teddy Bridgewater this year? The quarterback was going to move up into about the average category, which is a huge leap from awful where it's mm -hmm. been. It's been awful. Yep. So moving up to mediocre is a huge leap mm -hmm. at the quarterback position. That's what we expected. And it, we did what we said was it might be Teddy. It might be Drew, but the, it's going to be better. Yep. Always get better. Um, yep. You improve that much in other areas. Now you've got, you've got what you're expecting at the quarterback position. Uh, hats off to you. Yeah. And going from in a, let's just call it a D minus to a <laughs> C plus at the quarterback position makes such a bigger difference than like even going from an F to an A at let's say left tackle. Like it's like, imagine like you got a, a, a B on your final is going to make a bigger difference than getting an A on like a, one of those little pop quizzes you have every day. That's, that's kind of the volume or difference you're talking about there. We were talking the, to the scientists here. Like I said, yeah. I used to pick up my syllabus on the first day, get zeros on homework and, and, and quizzes come in and get an A on my final and take my C. Oh man. I would have been uh, speaking of my, my grandpa would have been very disappointed in me talking about the veterans there. The, uh, the, the urologist. So couldn't could had to get straight A's um, Ben and Ben Bunce coming in here. Ben's always very active in the comment section over on YouTube. Uh, he asks, what would you do? Draft a quarterback in the first this year, go after Rogers or keep Bridgewater one to two years and wait until 2023 and stack up for a big move. And who would I keep Patrick or Sutton? Um, if Patrick is half the price of Sutton, I'm keeping Patrick, but Sutton is a more dynamic player. I saw there was a lot of discourse about Sutton not going off this last game. I watched the All-22. Uh, Sutton not going off was by design of the Cowboys. They said, and anybody on this offense is going to beat us but Sutton. Um, I know that Patrick had a lot of digs on him. You know what's even better than having a team's uh, best cornerback on you? Having two guys dictated to you. 
having a safety shaded over you constantly. Um, and that's what Sutton had in this game. And he opened up things and Teddy Bridgewater, unlike some other quarterbacks, Teddy's going to take the open guy. Teddy's not going to force it to a guy constantly because, Hey, that's my go guy. Uh, I'm just going to force it in there. No, Teddy's going to pick a smarter guy and live in the scheme and throw to the open guy. So Sutton taken out in this game schematically, Teddy didn't force it to him and the other guys could eat. That's what you want in football, right? When you have enough weapons, if they well, say, okay, I'm going to take away this guy, I'm going to kill you with the other ones. I'm, I'm going to look at the overall first. When you get 30 points and 400 yards of offense, yeah. I don't really, I'm not going to criticize, oh, this guy didn't get enough touches. Okay. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, the overall scheme, you can, you can scheme a guy out. Some guys, you know, depending mm-hmm. on, on who you're playing, you know, some guys are going to get their yards no matter what, but that's what makes yeah. them hall of famers and stuff. Um, but Ben asked, you know, what would you do? And and for me on this one, it becomes a an order of preference mm-hmm. because it's not going to be up to you. This isn't like, oh, we can go get this guy or this or this. Which would you rather do? So first, if I had a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, that'd be my first choice. Mm-hmm. I'd get Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'd want to know what it's going to cost me. Is it going to hamper my team for the future? But, you know, he's still one of the, if not the best quarterback in the league. Yeah. Um, you you put him on your team and it's a it's it's a it's a different every game you have a chance every single game um even when your defense isn't playing well when your defense is playing well you got a super bowl quarterback um yeah. first round this year um maybe that also depends on what would bridgewater want for 2 years mm-hmm. uh, again so i'd be okay with taking bridgewater on a 2 year deal a 3 year deal that's going to pay him too that's yeah. going to play too yeah knowing that I need to get a quarterback over the next two years. But if, as you kick that can farther down the road, what happens after two years if there still isn't a quarterback that you can get? You know, you're right back to square one. Mm-hmm. So I would most likely for me is you're getting a quarterback in this draft and it might be later down. It might be a little lower down the line, uh, second, third round. And you're you're going to bring in an, a, a veteran quarterback. I'm, I say bring in, meaning Bridgewater could still be that guy. Mm-hmm. Bridgewater makes sense. He absolutely makes sense. Get him, a, get him a, a quarterback for the next two years. Get him on, a, like I said, a three-year deal that pays him two, yep. pays him a two-year deal that pays him one. Yep. Um, but what's he going to ask for? What's he going to want? What's he going to settle for? And who else is shopping? Yep. Uh, you know, don't negotiate against yourself. That's yep. that's one of the worst things you can do is go out there and overpay your own guy because uh, you're afraid to lose him, but you're, you're negotiating against yourself. Oh, we paid him three years, 45. Well, his second best offer was two for 20. Yeah. You know, why'd we double the money? That was stupid. So yeah. again, I, I've got a, a preference. If I get Aaron Rodgers, that'd be my first preference. Yeah, my first preference would be Russell Wilson, uh, just because he's younger and you get a mm-hmm. more. Um, I'm very much a belief that uh, the best way to win a Super Bowl is to knock on the door multiple times because in a one and done kind of tournament, um, anything can happen. So I'd rather extend that window for multiple years. And Russell Wilson is playing. I mean, when he before he went down, uh, he doesn't quite fit in the minimum throw attempts um, that other quarterbacks do because he missed time this season. But uh, his efficiency numbers his uh how his air yards everything like that is off the charts it's number one in the nfl this season um so he was playing incredible football and uh, i would love to see him in denver because i don't think that seahawks team is very good i live in seattle i get to hear about it often i get to see it uh not very talented in the trenches they have two good wide receivers other than that though i mean two first round picks for a box safety what are we doing um but uh we got the dwi guys coming in here 2.22 million i'd rather go after matty ice or other free agents 
uh, not free agents there, um, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. I think the first thing I do is I find out about Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. If they're not available or not interested, then I probably move towards uh, Teddy Bridgewater and taking a quarterback in the draft this year in tandem because I don't think any of these quarterbacks are ready day one. As far as uh, Matt Ryan goes, we talked about it yesterday. If you guys want to check out Scott's channel, Matt Ryan's probably not going anywhere until 2023, given how his contract is set up. And uh, he's playing pretty good football. And I think that you'd, you'd be hard-pressed to get the Falcons to want to trade him unless you overpaid given the dead cap and how he's still playing for them. Yeah, from a financial standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the Falcons to trade Matt Ryan. Yep. From a competitive standpoint, they're 4-4 four and four in a playoff spot. They're not going to trade Matt Ryan. Nope. Um, so those are two things that are going to make him really, either way, if the Falcons are bad, he's going to be hard to get because he's it's a it's an unbelievable dead cap hit. It's like $60 mm -hmm. million, dollars, yep. his dead cap number would be, to try and have them eat that. Or actually, they'd be better off sitting him on the bench and, and having him on the team than trading him um, because of the dead cap money. So... Um, but yeah, and going back to uh, you know what Matt is saying here, uh, I get that, but targeting Rodgers, and I'll just stop there. Um, it was part of the question, Matt. I don't think Rodgers is really going to be in play. I think no. it would cost too much. I think, um, well, flat out. I don't know that he'd want to come to Denver. I think it would cost too much. But in my order of preference, playing on a video game, if I could get Aaron Rodgers at a reasonable price, he'd be my first choice. He's the best player out there. So, yeah, I, I, I would do that. But it's not going to be a reasonable price. He might not want to come to Denver at all. So let's scratch that one and let's move down the list. That was that was my, kind of my point on that one. Yeah, and the, this comment, too, he talks about the, this one. Um, you have a similar drop after three years. You know what? I'll take the three years. You could be a team like the gosh darn Jets or something or the, the Raiders who have not had a window in, you know, decades kind of thing. So I know that people, I think the – the Patriots have somewhat clouded the view of fans somewhat because we want to have a, you know, 15 plus year dynasty. Uh, the Steelers are another one or the Ravens too. Like those are two rare or three rare organizations that have had elite quarterbacks or draft and development that is not normal compared to other teams. So if you can get a three-year window to go after it, do it. I mean, it's yeah, hard to get even in the window. So wouldn't we all it. like to be the Green Bay Packers where we've had three quarterbacks in our life. Yeah. That doesn't happen. I no. mean, we'll see three starters. A lot of teams will see three starters in a month. <laughs> yep. And we got Tommy saying, I'll take Matt, Maddie's contract for a third and a seventh. Um, yeah, that's you're going to talk about a one and like two twos and another pick uh, to even get them to answer the phone. Because, again, it's they are taking on they have the dead cap. It stays with the Falcons. So for it to be worth it for them to eat that dead cap, they would you need to probably overpay to even get them to answer the phone. So uh, I don't think that's happening. <laughs> Tommy, um, yeah. we should talk. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yvonne's coming in here real quick saying good morning. I'll focus on the offseason and signing a free agent that we like. And get the missing players and only get a QB if it's Rodgers or Wilson. Out of them, we will be the same as with Teddy. Um, other than them, um, I, yeah. I think is, is the, yeah, sure. and you might as well. I don't want to feel like you're, you know, saying necessarily s settling for Teddy. Teddy's a good option. Mm -hmm. You know, where, where else, what, who else is available that is an upgrade that isn't going to just kill your team financially or, uh, you know, mortgaging the future that, that mm -hmm. is available out there? Yep. Uh, I mean, the, any anybody? I can think of two quarterbacks that are, would be on this upcoming market that maybe some people could talk themselves into over Teddy Bridgewater. Statistically speaking, Teddy's the number one guy. Um, but two I could see getting bigger contracts would be Jameis Winston, number one overall pick, still has the tools and the arm I talent. Love Teddy, I probably would rather have Teddy as well. 
Um, and the other one is, uh, <clears throat> uh, the other one is gosh, uh, M- Mitchell Trubisky who, uh, we saw with the bears. I, I, I'm just, I, out out I, it would depend on what the plan is. I think you're probably yeah. more likely to get a plus quarterback long-term with Jameis Winston or Mitchell Trubisky than Teddy Bridgewater, given the tools that they have. But, um, Teddy Bridgewater's floor is significantly higher, significantly higher. And also, the um the intangibles we know teddy oh, has and, the intangibles. And, and i'm talking about a fully healthy Jameis winston yeah. you know Jameis winston's done for at least a year he yeah. had a terrible knee injury so he's back yeah. where teddy was four years ago yep you know yeah. and and, I, I and again Jameis winston playing for sean payton is a different player than Jameis winston playing for a lesser offense and a lesser system for a lesser organization not yep. that denver is i'm just saying don't don't fall into what you've seen recently from Jameis winston because that's a Sean Payton quarterback. Remember, there was a guy that went five and one or five and zero oh for for Sean Payton not too long ago. Also, he's suiting up for the Broncos. Yeah, exactly. And Ivan, uh, I will focus the offseason. Ivan, Ivan, that's that's Spanish. Not that's not Torvalovsky. That's Perez. <laughs> Ivan, uh, he says. Um, We'll focus the offseason on signing the free agent that we like and getting the missing players and only get a quarterback if it's Rodgers or Wilson. Out of them, we'll be the same team with Teddy. Yep, I agree with you, Yvonne. Uh, I don't, I think keeping Teddy is probably more feasible than some people want. Um, but when you look at, when you really start to look at it and uh, look at the whole season, um, Teddy's been a pretty good quarterback for Denver. We got Jonathan uh, Falick, Falick coming in here. Um, I have, don't recognize the name or the picture. So welcome in Jonathan. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat. And he explains, he explains in his super man. Uh, I live in LA now, but I'm back in Colorado for a bit. And I'm actually up early enough to catch a bit of the show live. Well, John, thank you so much, whether live or not. Uh, we appreciate the support. This is my favorite MHH show, man. You're really hitting here, man. I love you for that. Uh, thanks for all you do. Thank you so much. Um, Glad to uh, hope you're really you're enjoying LA. Uh, the good weather there. It's, it seems to be this is the time of year when it's nice to be in LA when it starts to get nasty everywhere else in the world. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. And uh, no wonder you don't catch us live in the mornings a lot of time because that 6:30 start time can sometimes be a little bit rough. Speaking from experience, I did a, I did a nine year spell in LA and enjoyed my time out there. So uh, some I did my I did my 30s I guess. Mm, okay, right around my 30s in LA. So it was a good time. I enjoyed enjoyed it out there um and it's it's always nice to so going back to colorado it's always nice to get home or you know change yeah. of scenery too so uh appreciate you being here and thank you for the support for sure thank you so much i know we're talking a lot of teddy bridgewater and long-term offseason stuff here we want to focus back on the eagles haven't even talked to eagles offense which the eagles offense is very interesting uh to me we got ben coming in uh you want to let's hit this one first and then let's go back to the eagles offense um mm-hmm. uh, what do you consider reasonable for Rodgers? Two ones, two twos, and a three. Uh, issues could play a role in availability. He's thirty-eight, and not coming off, or and not coming off MVP season. Maybe a Sutton Adams package involved would be hard to trade Sutton because uh, he's going to be a free agent. Um, I think if Rodgers is traded, Adams could be going to the Raiders, especially now that the Raiders are out one of their top wide receivers because of God the horrible incident. Um, I don't want to get too much in that second sentence there, but uh, as far as what is the trade for Rogers, um, it's probably going to take two ones and two twos uh, for him. I know it's a short window, but he's still that level of quarterback and uh, you know, he's going to get after it. So the one thing I will say that makes it harder is there are going to be more teams that are able to bring in Rogers for his contract than there were last year. Last year, the Broncos had a little bit of a, 
a grasp on everyone else because the reduced cap meant that a lot of teams couldn't bring on contracts. It's one reason the Broncos were able to get Teddy Bridgewater uh, for so cheap is because other teams couldn't bring on his contract um, at all. Uh, so well, it'll nice be tough. Carolina for paid for it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they, I mean, even some teams couldn't take the what was it six million because a lot of teams were like, we only have. 1.5 million against the cap room. It's like, holy cow, <laughs> you're in trouble. Um, but uh, what do what do I consider reasonable for a team yeah. I want to that that I I want to build and pay my guys? Uh, half of that, I, I would consider half of that. Anymore, I'm I'm not interested. Um, would they take a one, a two, and a three? Maybe, maybe I mean, we'll see what it is. And as far as a second issue, NFL people don't care. They don't yeah. care. You miss yeah. a game that it's a not that, that that whole thing, as far as what really matters on the field and all this stuff is a non-issue. All that stuff's just media talking head blather. You don't think the Packers are a little bit bummed that uh, he cost himself a game here and is a out a game. Maybe you yeah. should have won that, that, one. that. That's where it ends. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. it. A game. Yep. That's, Shout out that's to- not, that's not a huge detriment to his value to the yeah. Packers and to another team. It's 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 ridiculous. Anyway, unless he was lying to his teammates, I think that's one that could have some uh, some issues there. I mean, you got to have trust from that quarterback. And I guess uh, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater for uh, putting himself in a position to be available um, last week because that would not have been the case otherwise. Uh, the I think I, two ones and two twos and a three, I would pay it. I really would for really? three four years. I you have the extra capital this season, um, so you could be giving up. You're talking about really the only thing you'd be giving up as far as future assets would be that one because you could give up both twos this year okay you got um, two one. free agent quarterback you have two free agent wide receivers that you're counting on in tim patrick and sutton can you bring those two back or either think, not, one of them's gone for sure and we've talked about one of them being gone for sure anyway yeah so do, I think you, you can. do you end you up have, losing both of them or does one take a maybe a more team-friendly deal to have a chance to come back yeah um, i think so and i think also then you could get the it's the peyton manning effect where guys that are on their you know, after their big payday, their second contract, they come in because they want to get a ring and you could get a third wide receiver for a much cheaper uh, deal than what they get in the open market because they want to play with Rogers and chase a ring. So I would do that. And the only reason you are able to do that is because you built yourself up some additional currency this off season uh, with the Von Miller trade. Maybe, maybe three years ago, uh, going into his 38 year old season, I wouldn't, that that'd be too rich for my blood. I'd be okay. Um, I'd be okay. Moving forward it. and taking those picks and, and yeah. doing something else. I'd be shopping for someone else if I had that kind of capital to spend. I wouldn't do it on a 38-year-old. Ah, well, we finally disagree on something, Scott. That's okay. Um, <laughs> that's great. Uh, also, it also depends on where the Broncos are picking because Broncos picking top 10 pick with that first-round pick this year versus like 22 because they made the playoffs as a wild card. That's a massive difference in the value of that first-round pick. Um, and I don't think I, – I think I would be okay doing that uh, for Rodgers for – three to four years also he didn't play until he didn't really start until what was he 26 so maybe there's not as much wear and tear on that arm maybe there's not See, uh, the you're body using that against picket speaking of bad you know bad well pickett has been playing though i'm, I'm talking kidding. like rogers I'm kidding. I'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> yeah um also we got todd coming in here happy veterans day todd uh, i am active army uh thank you so much for your service todd happy veterans day to everybody in here we don't got much time left i want to talk eagles offense um jalen hurts actually has been playing pretty good football this season. Not sure what the Eagles are going to do in the off season uh, because 
uh, they have three picks that are looking like they're going to be top 10. Maybe they're a player for Rodgers. Maybe they're a player for Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Um, but Jalen Hurts has been playing pretty good football. I love how they use him in the quarterback power game. They love to go empty, empty out the box and put a one-on-one with Jalen Hurts in a linebacker. And this is going to be a very interesting game for the Broncos linebackers because there's a lot of screens. There's a lot of empties. There's a lot of RPOs. They really want to pick on those linebackers. So Baron Browning and Kenny Young, good game last week, good game two weeks ago. This is one that it's going to be very interesting. There, there's RPOs, but there's also just plain old read options. And yes, and Ethan it. coming in back in here to getting us back on point. It's yeah. easy to start talking future and what ifs, but let's let's get back on point. So uh, appreciate you on this. We are in the thick of it. Five and four, six and four uh, is what we're looking at moving forward. Or you know, even five and five doesn't knock you out of it. So yep. definitely, definitely in the thick of it. And again, thank you very much. Um, they're running plain old read options. Yeah, they you are. Know, their running game isn't I isn't don't. even RPO. That's what the guys will call it. They do run RPO, yeah. but most of it is read and run. Mm-hmm. Um, that is their running game. So having, I think having the speed of Kenny Young and, and Baron Browning is a definite advantage here. And you're going to have to be disciplined in here. J- Jalen Hurts can be an extremely good quarterback. I'm watching him in the first half. I'm like, wow, what did his numbers finish? Ugh. Yeah. How, how, how does he get off to such a good start? And then they they make the adjustments on there. And um, But they they he's going to beat you running the ball. Um, yep. not necessarily win the game, but he's going to get his yards. He's going to finish 60, 70, 75, 80 yards. Um, keep him contained for sure. But uh, this is going to be a very key game for a couple of young, no pun intended, linebackers, young, Kenny Young, young with the team, mm-hmm. and uh, Baron Browning just flat out young. But if yep. maybe that plays the advantage of the college guy who's come out, who's watching read option all the time, it should be yeah. second nature to him now. Yeah, no, and you're going to really appreciate Baron Browning's athleticism in this game, but his rawness and his ability to process, which has been inconsistent, it was inconsistent in college and he was inconsistent in his first two games. Um, that's something that uh, could be an issue here with how all the the cheese, you know, the window dressing that the Eagles will use in the run game and uh, spin off the, the pass game as well. And the Eagles, Jalen Hurts has been playing good this year, and I think that using total yards is very important for evaluating quarterbacks going forward because, you know, Mac Jones throwing for 250 yards is not as valuable as, let's say, Justin Fields throwing for 200 and running for 100, right? That's the total yards package that matters. Um, It's a big case for Lamar Jackson being MVP this season or Kyler Murray, Um, but you got to account for that. And the passing game, they don't really trust Jalen Hurts to make the the hard intermediate throws. A lot of it is either the short throws, the screens, um, or very vertically. So if the Broncos can keep those big vertical shots from getting, uh, getting done, uh, Watkins is averaging like 17 yards of catch this year. Jalen Rager down the field. Uh, they have another deep play wide receiver. That's not, Devonta Devonta Smith. Smith. Uh, not Devonta Smith. That's another, he's one. uh he's pretty good. John Hightower. It's John Hightower who I was thinking of for a vertical threat and Devonta Smith. He's there. Jerry Judy, short guy, middle of the field kind of guy. Um, so it'll be tough. You got to keep the big plays and, uh, hopefully they don't kill you. The one that scares me is nothing rips my heart out more than a quarterback, you know, third and eight tucking it and running it and getting the first down time after time again, you're doing everything right. Oh, nothing's there. I'm going to pick up the first down and keep the chains running. Absolutely kills you. Um, and I'm scared for that one. It's a game where the front four or five, Joe, appreciate the stars coming in and, uh, and the support. Thank you. I'm glad you've enjoyed the show. We have a lot of fun doing this. Um, and your support like this makes it uh, makes it so we can do more. We've already had a show, so so we can yeah. we can do more. Um, it's going to be extremely important for the front four rushing. I know it's a, a three four, but typically there's four rushing. One of the linebackers drops off. 
yep. uh, and keeping that pocket um, discipline mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, you can get pressure up the middle, you can get pressure from the sides, but if you go flying by Jalen Hurts and leave an angle, he's going to hurt you, especially if you're in yeah. any kind of man coverage. You know, uh, that eight-yard gain, you know what's worse than that eight-yard gain for a first down is seeing him go for 40 because everybody's yeah. running down the field with their wide receivers. He's going to get his. He, he will. Yeah. He's going to get his. Can they be disciplined enough to not turn the ball over and not have stupid penalties? They haven't been so far. That's yeah. why they're three and six, because this team, again, like you said at the top, they're better than their three and six record. I, I, I believe that. Do they have a couple of weaknesses? Yeah. You mentioned mm-hmm. the linebackers. Um, the discipline, again, I think is one of those. They make a lot of mistakes that a losing team does. But if they get it all together, this is it. This is it. this can be a dangerous team. They can absolutely yep. beat you. So time to put Dallas in the rearview mirror. It was time to do that on Monday. Yeah. And and focus on the Eagles because you lose this game, the Eagle, the, the Dallas game doesn't matter. You just you just blew it. Yep. Chris Absolutely. Blew. And I'm scared because it's, uh, I haven't even mentioned the Hawkeyes yet today. Uh, so everyone take a drink of your coffee. But uh, I've, I'm way too jaded um, because I feel like every time uh, my team, my Hawkeyes, uh, I also love the Broncos, but my Hawkeyes win a huge game. The next game they go out there and they just look absolutely freaking terrible. Like just horrible. In 2017, they whip Ohio State 55 to 24. They go to uh, Minnesota the next, or excuse me, they go to Wisconsin the next week. They don't even cross the 50 yard line but once. Um, this year, they beat Penn State in an amazing game. Um, you know, number three versus number four in the country. And uh, then the next week, they lose to Purdue 24 to seven. So uh, I really hope that they come out and play with energy in this game and are really refocused and are not, you know, watching the highlights from last week's game too much, you know, feeling good about themselves because. This Eagles team, you know, as as undisciplined as they are, they fight hard. They are actually a pretty di- uh, tough team. What's the home record? Is it is it is it fairly even right now? The Broncos? Yeah, I think they are. They're either. I think they might be one under five hundred. Okay, I'll look it up here. You. Uh, yeah. Okay. It just it feels second. like it's like okay, this game is at home. They're going to bring the energy, and I feel like every time I've said that, they've gotten beat. Two and two. They're two and two at home. Okay. They've so lost. Right they got whipped okay. by the Raiders, and uh, they. Honestly, there are two worst losses of the year. The Raiders the and the Ravens. Ravens. Yep. The Ravens, Ravens game one was of worse, them. but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that'll be interesting. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on here with the Eagles offense, I think their offensive line is solid there. I think they're more names than they are talent right now. Uh, Lane Johnson's been up and down this season. Jason Kelsey is still a good player for them, but not as incredible as they used to be. Uh, the one, though, that um, I think we need to talk about has been uh, Dallas Goddard their tight end. Uh, they'd moved on from Zach Ertz and Goddard has been everything you could have possibly wanted for them. Uh, he is easily a top 10 tight end in my opinion. And he's actually a true, uh, you know, what do you want to call five tool player kind of thing at the mm-hmm. tight end position because he is massive. He can win vertically with his size. He's maybe not, you know, Kyle Pitts is an athlete, but uh, he's an extension of the offensive line. Yeah. You don't and have, it, you don't have to be Kyle no. Pitts is, is different. That, yeah. That's okay. You don't have to be Kyle Pitts to be really, really good and really, really yeah. athletic. So, um, and the Eagles will want to run from 11 personnel a lot. Um, and that's going to put you in flux because not only are your linebackers, you're gonna have to probably stick in nickel or base against 11, which already is kind of scary. Um, but you have to account for Dallas Goddard. And then on top of that, Jalen hurts. So they really put you in a, and football is always, you know, a game of chess, you know, moves and counter moves, but they really put your linebackers in stress. So again, Kenny young, Baron Browning, they look good the last two games. I'm excited about it, but this game is going to be different uh, for them because you have to account for that tight end, their best 
probably their best player on offense. And uh, Devonta Smith, he's probably going to have some matchups against a linebacker in space, which is scary. Um, and then accounting for the running back. So, uh, man, I, I don't have the solution other than, you know, execute and don't make the big mistake. Well, uh, I'm, I'm hoping those two guys aren't on the tight ends that much. Yeah. You know, you, you want to have, that's when you want to see more Caden Stearns, you know, mm-hmm. have a third safety come in in coverage. Um, Stearns it, big enough though for Goddard because Goddard's so physical. big enough. You know, they're yeah. not, I mean, it, that's, that's why they're matchup nightmares, you know, yeah. chip them at the line, get some pressure on there. Um, you mentioned the offensive line, uh, Jordan Mailata, their yep. left tackle. Good. Mm-hmm. He's good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, this, this is probably going to be the best trench team you face this year. I, th- I think so. Um, of the teams I've watched on both sides of the ball. Now, do they make mistakes in other areas? Yes. But if you let them come in and bully you in the trenches, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, no, I think you're, uh, you're right. But luckily this Broncos team also wants to be a bully. And this is a game where, I mean, it's easier said than done Broncos. You need to come out fast. You need to come out aggressive. I know that a lot of times this match quarters off zone coverage defense likes to give up a drive early on with a lot of yards, um, and then maybe some points early, but this is one where you need the offense to come out and score points quickly. And you need the defense to not give up points quickly, because if you can get a lead, everything else falls into place. But if you're falling back behind, you know, 10 to three, and it's halfway through the second quarter, things start to get a little dicey and the Eagles will do exactly what you want to do, which is take the air out of the football, run it with the quarterback, minimize the possessions, the rest of the game and make it. So you have to execute everyone. And uh, my final point I wanted to get to that's uh, pretty gruesome, Nick. Executing yeah. everyone. I mean, yeah, well, uh, well, <laughs> the one, um, did Stern, did Stearns get put on uh reserve? Did I miss that? Uh, I, th- I think Stearns, I don't think Stearns is on the reserve. Okay. Uh, I think he does have an injury, but I do not think it is, uh, it's due to the, the virus. Um, and Alberto supplanting Fant. Hopefully we'll see Fant come back. Hey, this is a great game for Fant because this Eagles, um, linebacking core is trash. So, uh, maybe <laughs> Fant can finally get a big play. Um, that'd be incredible. Get him feeling himself. Cause if you can get Fant rolling, um, then we're really talking, right? He's the one who's in, in the dump right now or in the soup, as uh, we like to say. So, uh, last final point I wanted to make, this is an Eagles team that, like I said, like the Broncos, they're going to want to take away the, take the air out of the ball, minimize possessions in the game. The Broncos team needs to come away with seven, not three. If you're driving the ball down the field with this minimum, the minimum possessions that's probably going to be in this game, this game will probably be one of the shorter ones this week. You need to come away with seven. So uh, that's the one that I think is important. And yeah, it's a Chernod. Justin Chernod went on there there, and that's why Avery Williamson was brought back in. So, all right. So um, you have another show Saturday. I don't prediction. I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I feel like Denver should win this game, but every time I, I feel that way, they've lost. Um, you know, I, this is this is this has upset written on it. It really mm. does. Of, uh, I don't want to pick it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and and let's just let's see if we can use the old skinnity jinx on this. I'm gonna go Philadelphia, twenty four seventeen. Oh. Man, okay, you guys heard it here. You guys should go drop some big money on that because Scott's put the guarantee. Uh, no, Broncos are favored by uh, three at this game, so they're saying that it's a push on a neutral field, right? Mm-hmm. The home team gets three points. Yeah, so that I mean that's that's about right. I mean, like we said, we, we we're coming off a high of feeling great about that Dallas game, but going into that, there was no chance, right? So yep. who are you going to be? Show us. Yep. What team do you want to be, Denver? Please show us. I want to yep. see it. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
it's it'll be interesting. Um, but I think this Broncos ground game is going to get it done. I think that's the biggest advantage on the field. Like the sink, what's the one that that's the reason I picked the was the Browns versus the Broncos. The Browns defensive line is so much better than anything the Broncos oh, had. Their offensive line was good. It's like they can still yeah. run the ball and none of their defenders are hurt. Oh, Scott, I'm taking, oh man, I was like thinking like, God, there's a team out there that has better trench play than the Eagles that the Broncos played. That's right. It's the, yeah, it's the, the Browns. Browns. Yeah, yeah, they're the, the Browns best are better in the trenches than the Eagles for sure. Yes. But yes. that that that's not exactly, you know, reassuring. No. Based no, on it's how not. that game went. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is one, again, I think the Broncos run game versus the Eagles run defense. That's probably the biggest advantage. Uh, Eagles 24th in the NFL and EPA per play on run defense. Um, they drop even more when you get rid of garbage time. Um, and the Broncos this year, number four in EPA per play run rush offense. Um, when you uh, take away win probability plays of less than 10% or over 90%. So strength against a weakness. I think that's the reason the Broncos will end up winning this game. The ground yeah, game is going to come three through. and six. Cause you, you look at, you look at their schedule and they've their lost their last two games have come against good teams. Close. Yep. Um, chargers 24, 27 at Philly. Um, they beat the hell out of Detroit. That doesn't count. Uh, 32, 33 um, against the Raiders. Solid. They lost to the Buccaneers by six. Um, you know, and, and what I learned watching this, seeing them just absolutely obliterate the Falcons and the Lions, is if you're not stout up front, this team will hurt you. This team yeah. will hurt you. Um, and that's what I'm afraid of. With this patchwork offensive line, um, does it hold up? Does it hold up on the OL? Uh, does the DL hold up? All the good things we saw, again, show us. Yep. Show us, show us you want to be the team that we saw in Dallas. Not even that team, but 90% of that team, 90% of that team's good enough to beat the Eagles. Oh, 90% show of that team's good enough to together. beat most teams. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, we'll see you again later. That's going to have to do it for Broncos for breakfast. We'll be back Monday morning to recap the Broncos hopeful victory over the Eagles. I don't want to jinx us, uh, but you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, Christmas is right around the corner, guys, so make sure you're getting every, yourself, treat yourself or your fellow Bronco fans, a something at huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. The coffee mug. I know we got the breakfast club in here, man. We need to, uh, we need to get those coffee mug pictures in there because obviously Huddle Up Pod is the flagship program in here, but I think that we're getting our own little niche, which is pretty great. Um, so let's keep that coming. Uh, make sure you join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are on YouTube, join us uh, by subscribing, liking, and sharing. Go to iTunes and leave us a review as well. I know that uh, we haven't seen one. I know that the Apple podcast, leave your football priests or your breakfast club buddies a review and a chance to win some merch every single breakfast month. Club buddies. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Good show. We're going we're gonna to go out today with the fist bump in the air. Um, and also go to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, we appreciate you guys so much. A uh, lot of fun today. It's been really fun uh, coming off of back-to-back -back wins now and not having to argue some of this stuff. And that's what's fun about being a fan, right? You live in the moment and you live with the ups and downs, but uh, Broncos are going to get a chance to play some meaningful football in uh, November and December. First time in since 2016. So let's appreciate it. And uh, let me see Iowa, Minnesota prediction. I think Iowa's going to win. I, <laughs> what was that? Pain. pain. I mean, it's uh, every time I hear a prediction, I have Clubber Lang saying pain. There we go. Uh, I think Iowa's going to win this game. I really do. I think uh, Kirk Ferentz has PJ Flex number. Um, so I think Iowa's going to win this one. It'll probably be ugly. It'll probably be like 20 to 13. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, we appreciate you. Everyone have a good day. Happy Veterans Day.
to everyone who served or family members who served and everything like that. Um, Malcolm coming in. Thank, thanks for a good show. Thank you for joining us today, Malcolm. We appreciate you. Have fun. Be safe. Enjoy football tonight. The Broncos are going to be there in uh, watching the game. It's a quarterback battle tonight. Uh, Denver is going to be there with uh, Kenny Pickett versus Sam Howell. So maybe tune into that ver- instead of uh, the Ravens versus the Dolphins, which should be an absolute just nasty snooze fest um, <laughs> unless you're pulling for the Ravens. Um, but uh, UNC versus Pittsburgh might be a game to tune into if you have some time tonight, guys. So enjoy yourself. Go Broncos. Love you. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.